Yo, it is. It actually is. It is another edition of the IO Podcast, the High Hopes Podcast. It's been so long, I can't even get the name out, Jack. We missed all you beautiful people. It's James Seltzer, Jack Fritz coming your way. We are back, Jack. Much like the... Fi- uh, no, not back. Very not, not back. Not, not great, Bob. Doing the exact opposite of, of being back is what the Phillies are doing right now. Uh, still haven't won a series in uh, over a month. It's but July don't 26th, worry. right? Don't worry. According to Gabe Kapler, they are in a fantastic position <laughs> to strike. <laughs> I, I've done a really good job of not letting the things that Gabe Kapler says annoy me. Oh, I don't care. Because I don't care. I just don't care. Say whatever you want publicly. Handle it in the locker room. It's a little annoying now, Gabe. Like, listen. Like, come on. Come on, Gabe. We are in a optimal position <laughs> come to on, strike. Gabe. Come on, Gabe. Uh, yeah, Jack. Four and a half back in both the division and the wild card. I mean, I think we should just write the wild card off. There's no way they're jumping all those teams. Yeah. Very likely. Look, uh, division's not over mathematically, technically, all that stuff. But, I mean, this team can't beat the Mets. They can't beat the Marlins, Jack. They can't beat the Nationals. The three next teams on their schedule, they've lost four series against those guys in the last, you know, five series or whatever. Haven't won a series since July 26. Why Why should anyone have any faith that this team's going to turn it around the last minute here? It's not like they're going to turn around and all of a sudden be a good playoff team. Like, if they make the playoffs, it's because they're going to limp in. Like, and the Braves are probably going to collapse. Like, the Braves' bullpen is just bad enough to where they can make this interesting. Um, but, like, you can't feel good about like, them making <laughs> no, the playoffs. Like, no. them making the playoffs, like, a month ago, you're saying, like, awesome. Like, it's going to be so much fun when they make the playoffs. Now it's just like... Oh my God! Really? Like just so we can get smacked in the wild card game, or yeah, just so we can it, get it, smacked it, in the the series? Yeah. Yeah, and they're just playing like they just. It's like, it's like a back to a frustrating like watch with the Phillies. You know, the 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 starting staff has completely regressed back to where mm-hmm. a lot of the projections had them as. I mean, which as, we talked about. I mean, we talked about the the innings limits, all that stuff. That it looks like they're actually wearing down. That happens. And here's the thing that I'm frustrated by. It's like, if you're going to go, if you're going to go make moves and bring in a Struble, Jose Bautista, Justin Bore, like all these guys to supplant the young talent that you have, why didn't you go get a starter? Yeah. Or, I'm, or a even, closer. It's not even, ha- it's not even Hamels. It's like Hap was right there. Like there, there was guys out there to, to, to make a move for. And I just think like they, they banked on the young staff keeping it up, but they didn't, they, they didn't have any faith in their young position players. And it was just like weird. Like, why would you choose that and then not help the other team? Like, if you're serious about trying to win the division this year, your projection models should have shown that there was probably going to be some regression from your starting staff. Yeah. I mean, Jack, you talked about it months ago. Yeah, You were the first person I heard say it, and I thought it was a great point when you said it, but all these guys were headed for career innings limits. You know, yeah, they were they're all, still going to hit it. And they're still going to hit That's the point. That's what I'm saying. So it would make sense that there would be some regression there. That's why you talked about wanting them to go get a starting pitcher towards the deadline and, and around that time. And, look, it looks like that was a mistake. I think there's no arguing against it at this point. I, I think, look, the bigger macro look at it is that they weren't really trying to win this year. And even with the trades they made, they were trying to help out, but they weren't willing to put their feet, both feet in, as it were. Yeah. You know, they were trying to fortify the roster while also saying, eh, 2019. Yeah, but here's what I, but that's why I'm frustrated by that as well, because now we're not seeing the young talent play. Now it's like, oh, there's Go a Go one tr- way or the other. And you said that at the time, too. Well, it's just it's just annoying. Like, I, 
right now, Scott Kingery is actually playing well. Playing better. And I, and I want to make sure he's good he's for next year. He's a pretty decent shortstop. How he's, about he's, that? He's developed, and he looks like he's just playing out yeah, there. Yeah, he looks, he looks comfortable out there. Right. The range is great. The arm is great. He looks like he theoretically could play shortstop right. in Major League Baseball. And the batting's come a long way, I think. now He doesn't not, look lost anymore. No, it feels like he's starting to figure out what a Major League strike zone's like, and he's getting back to his instincts, which are that of a leadoff hitter, where it's see a bunch of pitches, foul a bunch of pitches off. I mean, he is seeing the most pitches per plate appearance of any Philly in the second half. It's crazy. Which I think is a good sign, it's for, a great sign. for his future. And I think he's batting like 290-something in his last 20 games. So, um Kingery, I want to see him play every day. I like his dribble Cabrera. I think he's done some nice things. Maybe play him at third and Kingery at short or whatever. But I think it's more important now to where it's like, I gotta see if Kingery's a player. I gotta see I don't need to see Justin Bohr and Carlos Santana playing third base. Like I just I want to see the young guys play. Yeah, and look, it was fun to see Carlos Santana play third base. It actually wasn't that played bad. All right, man. That one almost turning the double play on that one play was like a legit nice play for a third baseman. Yeah. And look, Santana's bat has been really nice lately. You feel better about that. Yeah, uh, he's going to... So where are you at on 2019, Carlos It's Santana? a great question. I, look, I never thought he wasn't going to be a part of the Neither team. I know I. a lot of people have had those... Who's going to play first base next year? Carlos Santana is going to yeah. play first base for you next year. And I think that's that's pretty clear. You know how like anti-DH I am? Like The only reason I want a DH is so that Hoskins can just be a DH. Be a DH. <laughs> like... I understand Hoskins' position is first You're base. You're very anti-DH too. This yeah, is a big I understand deal. like his position is first base, but he's a, like a bad for like if you, like Carlos Santana is way better as way a defensive better. first baseman than than Reese Hoskins is, and then he put Reese in left field, just like oh my god. Um, and that's the on, that's the only argument to be made for a DH in the NL is to get Reese Hoskins out of the field. That's it. That's the only one. Yeah. Well, you know I'm a DH guy. We'll argue about it. These are the things we'll argue about in the offseason. Well, off you season. also hate America. So <laughs> yes, that's... yes, clearly. Yes. <laughs> hate America. But um, I think you make a really interesting point right now because, what, 20 games left to play. How important are those 20 games for development? Is that something where, you know, obviously, look, they're they're four and a half games out. They're not going to— no, They're not dead. They're right. And they, and they can't act like it. They can't play games that way. But how important is 20 games of development for you? I just think this would be less frustrating if— it was the young guys that faltered. You know what I mean? But right now, it's like, like, why is Jose Bautista playing over Aaron Altair? Yeah. Aaron Altair, I, I know I'm the Altair guy. <laughs> You're the Altair I know guy. I'm the Altair guy. He's smoking the balls. Ah! Out of his, this is what I get from Jack all the time. His five plate but appearances. He's smoking the ball. Out of, he's in smoking. It, in his five plate appearances, he has smoked the ball four times. <laughs> Listen, it's like, but like, what's what's the point of putting Jose Bautista out there? Well, that's a fair question. I would just, I just think it's frustrating to have. All the old guys playing, the young guys not, and the old guys aren't performing. And it's just like I would, I would be more, I would accept this downturn if it was the young guys playing, and it wasn't the the old guys they brought in to supplant the young talent. I thought they were going to bring in guys to be bench pieces to help facilitate the young guys and help the young guys down the stretch. And it's just turned into the complete opposite, where it's only the 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 veterans they brought in are playing. Yeah, no, and look, I get it. If you're you can't manage a baseball game that way. If you are trying to win baseball games, you have to look at it as what lineup, what you know, players give me the best opportunity to win this game tonight. So I understand it because those guys are here. I think it's a better question of was it worth bringing Jose Bautista here? Was that the what? type of yeah. move? I didn't, I didn't get the Bautista thing. I was fine with it. it, it, was, it I thought he was being brought in as a bench bat. That's psych. that's where it's come. Yeah, he, he can't catch up to ninety right down the middle. Yeah, he looks he looks behind on everything. No, oh, I mean that's been the story for a year and a half. Yeah, I think. Um, look, I think it's incredibly frustrating. I think frustrating is really the word of the last month and a half with this team, especially because 
while there were signs, we talked a lot about the run differential. We talked about those types of things where you could say, all right, maybe they're not as good as their record shows. Yeah, I think I think if you're objectively watching the team all year, like you kind of sense this coming. Well, we talked about this a lot, right? We we had how many conversations of how many how are they winning games right. type conversations did we have? You would that, ask yourself like once a week, how is this team in yes, first Yes, and I think that that is borne out here. I think we're starting to see that play out, but I think it's incredibly frustrating because of how tough and resilient they were the first three, you know, two-thirds of the season or mm-hmm. whatever it was. It was a team where you never felt like they were out of a game. You never felt like they were out of a series. And now to see them losing these series against bad teams, bad baseball teams in games that they need to have, I think that, for me at least, has been the most frustrating part. It's it's yesterday against the Mets. You don't get Jacob DeGrom. You get Corey Oswald on the hill. Right. This is your chance. Like, you got to win these games. The same thing with the last game in Williamsport against the Mets the last time they played him. The same thing with the series against Washington. These, these brutal losses coupled with the inability to rise up and play your best when it matters the most, which is even more frustrating after watching them do it against the Red Sox. We knew they had it in them. We knew that if they're locked in, if they're bringing it, Jack, that this team can compete with any team in baseball on a given night. And then to see them just drop these series and lose these important games, for me at least, that's been the most frustrating part of this whole thing. Yeah, and it's almost like there's no urgency. Like, I don't see any, like, urgency, like, we got to win this game, like, fight in this team. It just seems like it's just been... There's no, just the energy's not there. I agree with you, and that's what, with games they need to I win. And I, I, do you blame Kapler for that? I, so I think it's kind of the whole coaching staff, because um, the whole coaching staff has kind of had this philosophy like we're gonna go on a run, like we're not worried. But guys, there's there's like twenty some games left. When's the run happening? Right, you're gonna go on a run in 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 December. I mean, what, what's the deal here? And what and what signs are there that there's a run coming? Like the Reese Hoskins hot yeah. streak. <laughs> the, the, well, Reese, well, is, Reese, in is, Reese is in a hot streak right yeah. now, and you've lost two or three games. Yeah. Like it's, uh, I it's, I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out because the coaching staff has been feeding this positivity which is i think it's great but i wonder if a little bit of the the urgency is taken out of of games because of the coaching staff's kind of lack of we got to win this ball game tonight and look i think that we've talked about a lot i think we have not given kapler and the staff enough credit for being a young new staff look gabe kapler has never managed a baseball season before this is his first season in major league baseball as a manager so these are his first reps in these types of situations. This is the first time he's playing meaningful games down the stretch. He's coaching in meaningful games down the stretch, all that type of stuff. So um, I'm willing to give him a, and the staff a, a pass for that, but I'm with you. I think that he needs to learn from it. He needs to learn that it's all well and good to be positive. I'm all about that too, and I agree with Gabe when he says, you know, you're you're talking to grown men. Grown men don't respond to you crapping all over them. I, I agree with that. I mm-hmm. don't. You know, if you treat me treat me that way, and I'm gonna be like, screw you. I don't want to work for you. You know, that's my reaction. I think yeah. there are a lot of people that way, but I think there has to be something. And look, buying closed doors, we don't know what goes down, but nope. there has to be some urgency and a, and a display of urgency. It feels like no one on this team is is going out there every night and saying, guys, this is our season. Like, their season was on the line yesterday I know. against Corey Oswald. I know, and I, I don't know if it's much Kapler um, as it is the players in Reese Hoskins. Like, Hoskins I view as the the face of the franchise, the team leader, the guy that, that the rest of the team looks up to and says, that's our guy. We're going to get behind that guy. And I just I haven't seen, like, that, that kind of fire from him either. Right, and I, but I still blame Gabe for that because Reese Hoskins is a twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old kid 
playing in these games for the first time uh-huh. in his life too, being in this situation for the first time in his life. Like whether or not you're first year manager, it's it's on Gabe. Like Gabe has to do a better job of, of you if you don't have leaders on the team who've been there and you know, Jake Arietta, where the hell you at? But if you don't have guys who've been there, who've been in these games, who've been in these types of situation, trying to light a fire under that team, and if your leaders aren't doing it, you got to take more on yourself. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to be in the locker room and just see how it's all working out. Because I want to see what a pregame locker room looks like. Me too. Like, and maybe it's maybe it's tough to get up for games when there's like five thousand people in the crowd. True. It seems like that. It seems like there's something to that with this team, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something with young teams where they go on the road and there's no one there. It's hard to get juiced for. And you see it at home. They play better at home because there's at least you know some semblance of a crowd sure. there. They play their best when there seems like there's a big bigger crowd on hand. And I think for a young team to go on the road and there's like no one in the stands. Like where's the, the, the sometimes players feed off the energy from the crowd, and I just don't think that that's there as well. Yeah, I think the home road thing is a really interesting thing to look at because it's incredible the difference how yeah. stark. I mean, we're the best home teams in baseball, one of the worst road teams. It is, I mean, other than the teams that just don't win any games, that's a really good hypothesis for what it is. But it's something they need to look at, and it's not just this is not it's too too big a sample size to just be a fluke. This team doesn't feel as comfortable playing on the road, and that's something that down the road they're going to have to address. Yeah, well, it's it's the growth of a young team. It's the growth of a – I mean, we saw it with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles weren't sure. a great road team, and then at home mm-hmm. they were obviously dominant. But I think it's more of a stark difference from football to baseball, home field advantage. Well, football is always pretty – Means more and all that. For, but um, it's just it's just a fact that young teams struggle on the road, and it's especially when there's no one there, it, it sucks, and it sucks to watch, but you, it's just the, it's the philosophy of the human mind. Like, if you've – if, if if no one's there, there's no pressure on you, and yep. like there's one guy chirping you maybe, like it's just hard to get completely focused in. I I and again, you know, that's one of my big things is you know we have to remember these guys are human beings and not just robots or whatever sent to mm-hmm. do our bidding and play the game and haha dance puppets dance that that's not what it is. They're human beings who have real human emotion and all that. I think that's a a huge part of it, Jack. Um, before we kind of look ahead and, and really start to take stock of what's possible and what we hope and what we think is going to happen, let's take a quick look back. Uh, anything outside of kind of what we talked about, obviously, with the inability to to win big games they need to win, are there any signs for hope? What are some things that you've seen from this team? Obviously, Reese Hoskins starting to hit the ball a little bit. What what can you bank on? Look, if we're going to say they're, they're only four and a half back with 20 to play, I shouldn't say only. They're four and a half back with 20 to play. What can you put your hope in? What can you say, hey, I I think they could do it. Why? Why? <laughs> uh <laughs> oh. Good question. Um, <laughs> Silence. Yeah, I, well, because it's it's just tough to predict right now because the offense has been inconsistent, which has been all this entire year. You can't really bank on them getting super hot unless a Reese Hos- uh, Reese hot streak is coming. Um you know, maybe I mean I I'm kind of I'm in the evaluative stage where I just want to I want to see Kangry and I think he's done some nice things. Um but the, the staff the starting staff's taking a huge step back. I mean, Arietta's pitching to a round of three five, which is kind of fine for your four or five starter. Yeah. It's just that all the young guys that were pitching far ahead of their where they are at this point have just completely taken a huge step back. Like Eflin Eflin's a disaster. Eflin I mean, I don't even know if you can roll him out there every fifth day anymore. Like, give Eikhoff to start. I, I mean, not that Eikhoff looked very good in, in the relief appearance, but, I mean, Zach Eflin is an automatic six earned in three innings right now. Well, it's it's frustrating, too, because when uh, when in his 5-0 and month of June, he threw 51% of fastballs. 
And what made him a different pitcher was that he was using his fastball more and more. He's using his four-seam fastball up in the zone. Um, he was spotting it to both sides of the plate, no problem. And he looked like a legit starter in this league. And this, and if you look at month by month since that, his fastball, has, he's decreased his usage of it. Why? I have no idea. He's, he's throwing his changeup more and more. His changeup's not very good. Um, and I can't tell if it's a... Like, I wonder if it's an injury thing. I don't think it'd be an injury thing. But you'd think the Phillies are looking at his... At his, at his peak and being like, wow, a lot of fastballs. Yeah. Let's do that more. I mean, for an the most analytically analytically inclined organization, you would think that's the type of thing that they would notice. Right. And I just they just seem to have completely missed that. I mean, hmm. it was what it was what made Eflin good was his fastball. And now he's not throwing. He's throwing his changeup more and he's getting rocked. Like, I don't know like what are you doing? Like this and the most ridiculous thing is that people Oh God, please, please real quick. This is It's the worst take in the city. It the worst <laughs> take in the city. The, Full stop after each of those. It's it's ridiculous. People think that he because he got sent down <laughs> that this is the reason why he's struggling. It's so it's it's beyond oh, stupid. I, every time I see this one, I bang my head through the it, wall. It's such a bad take. It's an epically bad take. It's just not even thinking. It's, it's like, not even a take. It's just stupid. It's like there's there's no room for regression. It's just well, they sent him down. You know, and mess up that his confidence. twenty thousand dollars. Every time he goes out there, he's just thinking about that twenty thousand he lost. Well, the, the, the most what, what do you even mean? The, like, most, the most ridiculous thing is like people think it messed up his confidence. It's ridiculous. It up his confidence. He didn't even get sent down. Yeah, he was even in AAA. It's such a bad take. <laughs> it's it. I, I hate that take. I hate it with all of my... I hated the discussion about the thing. He's a Major League Baseball player, all right? You know what happens to Major League Baseball players? You get sent down in the minors sometimes, and then you get brought back up. It's what happens. It's and he, the freaking sport. And he didn't get sent down. It's... it's uh, And he didn't get sent down. That's the other That's the other part people so forget So is about. Eflin... What, long term, where are you at with Eflin? Is this... Uh, is this the type of thing where you think they're more likely to, to in the future, see the guy we saw in June more? Or is the Eflin we're seeing now more Zach Eflin, or is it somewhere in the middle? Well, I certainly would have traded him for Manny Machado. I would have, too. Why? Why? Was... I don't know. I th- Thinking back on all the uh, the things that happened this season, the whole the Phillies won't trade Zach Eflin straight up for Manny Machado may have been one of the dumbest <laughs> that, that happened. It just didn't make any sense. Like, it's so ridiculous. It didn't make um, any sense at the time. I know. I know. I know. I don't want to completely write Eflin off because I thought that month was really good. And I wonder, I just, I can't get behind. I don't, I don't understand why he stopped using his fastball. Um, maybe if he gets that back, but um, it's certainly, he's nothing more than a four at this point. That's what I think too. So um, a little frustrating end of the season for Zach Eflin. Vince Velasquez seems like he's back to being Vince Velasquez. Five innings, a thousand pitches. Such a bummer, man. That was such a fun stretch we it had there. Like, where did the two seamer go? That was starting at people's hip, and it was ninety four, mm-hmm. uh, ninety three, and then you jump up to ninety seven. Well, how much of that is wear and tear? I mean, you pitched, you know, D one college pitcher. D two, I got D one looks. Okay? D two college pitcher. I need eleven hundred to get to Georgetown. Help, I couldn't do it. Trying to help you out here, Fritz. All right, where? How much of that is wear and tear? How much of that is something to really worry about long term? With Velasquez, with Eflin, Pavetta, these guys were, it just, obviously it's going to look sharper when you're fresher, but how much of a worry is this for the long term? Well, I almost think it's important that they're getting these reps because hopefully in, in, the, in the next coming years when they're actually trying to compete for uh, the World Series that they're going to be used to pitching in these kind of games. Uh, and pitch this long into the season. So I think it's just natural wear and tear. Um, I mean, you've seen it with Eflin. Like, Eflin in June, he was pretty fresh. He was finishing through the ball. He was hitting the outside corner with his fastball. And it's just natural when you get a little tired as you get longer into the season, um, it starts leaking because your legs get tired. 
So and it's just harder to bounce back. Um, and that's why legs are more important than your arm when it mm-hmm. comes to pitching. So if you look at Aaron Nola, he used to have this problem, but he spent all offseason just bulking up his legs, and now he's got tree trunks down there. And like same thing with Halliday. Like Halliday mm-hmm. used to have tree trunks. And Aaron Nola's gotten to that point. It's great. Arietta's gotten to that point. I have no fear of those guys finishing out the season. I think this since this is their first time really going through pitching this deep into a season, um, they'll come back next year much more prepared, knowing what they're going to need to go through. Um, yeah. Do you worry at all about some residual issues early next season from the, you know, not Verducci-esque type of jump, but the the larger jump in workload for these guys? Uh, no, because I think, I think they're going to spend all of offseason. They know where they need to get their body to. And I think they're they're going to spend all of season being like, this is where I need to be. Um and they'll be they'll be much more prepared for next. All right, Pavetta is the only one you really haven't touched on. Your well, favorite, your baby, Nick Pavetta. Let me put it this way: Does Jill know that you guys already have a baby? <laughs> is this a, by the way? It's fun to do a show with Jack and actually see a wedding ring. On yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. It's, yeah, don't worry. I was still watching on vacation. I, we all know you were. We told you to stop. You wouldn't. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I couldn't. We'll get to it. I want to hear the Jack Fritz vacation stories. That's coming. Don't worry. Um, so Pavetta, Pavetta is still. He doesn't have a pitch to get out lefties. And he, the guys just foul off a bunch of pitches. His curveball hasn't been um, as like dominant as it was for the first two months of the season. Like really, in a month and a half, he hasn't had that Nick Pavetta curveball that we all know he has mm-hmm. in there. Um, now his last start was better. He was throwing a slider more, and he's actually getting over for strikes. It's just not a good slider. But if it gives something, if it gives a uh, a batter something else to think about, uh, that's important. It, Nick Pavetta just needs to spend all offseason. Working on a third pitch. I don't care what it is. I hope it's a changeup. He threw like 13% changeups two starts ago, which was the most of the of the season. And then he kind of went back to not using his changeup as much. So, if I'm Nick Pavetta and and I, you have like he, do I want to say it? Yeah, you do. I do want to say. Yeah, it. I just say it. He's a pitch away from being John Small. <laughs> he, he's he like he is a splitter. He, I swear to God, he is a splitter away from being Smoltz Strasburg. Like um, I love when you say the things that you text me out loud <laughs> into a microphone. I love it. I just I want to. You went Strasburg when you texted it to me, but that's I want to. I want to see a splitter so bad because it just it would just it would set him apart, man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a splitter away from being a Hall of Famer. He's, I love it. He is going to finish with. Cy Young votes next year. I love it. I don't care All right, so what here, anyone says. He's gonna, like he, Nick Pavetta's in his second year, 25 years old. He's going to pitch to a 4-5. I love like, it. Maybe he's Robbie Ray. Look at this. I like this. Uh, he's, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he's a right-handed 11, Robbie Ray. He is at 11.9 Ks per nine, good. which is the best K per nine season since Kurt Schilling's in 1999. Wow, really? Yeah. Like it's it's not some fluke. Like I'm not on freaking Mars, okay? The guy doesn't walk anyone, and he strikes. I love up. when you get uh, super defensive about your because, Nick because he's, he's and oh my god, it's like people just can, I don't understand how you can't see how good he's gonna be. I love it. And even if he's not a starter, he's gonna be dominant out of the pen. No matter what, Nick Favetta is going to be good. It's a valuable asset. I will. No matter what. All right. Carry it to my grave. Here's what I'll throw at you. You threw the Carlos Santana one at me. Arietta Noah locks to be in the rotation next year, mm-hmm. provided some weird injury things don't happen or whatever. Are all three of the other guys in the starting five when the season starts? Obviously, there's all kinds of free agency and stuff, but just right now, September 10th, if you had to bet on the starting rotation for next year, Pavetta, Eflin, Velasquez, who's in, who's out? Pavetta's in, obviously. Duh, uh, <laughs> John Smoltz, so I, mean, I think we should on. know that that was coming. And I, let me, before I get ripped on Twitter, uh, he's John Smoltz if 
You yeah, get the Springer. Yes, yes. You didn't say now. I didn't say John Smoltz yes, now. Yes. But if very he, clear. He needs a third pitch. I've I've been very open that he needs yes. a third pitch. Yes. Okay. Um, I am done evaluating pitchers. This is this has been a big step for me. So like I used to love Tyler Skaggs and I used to love like Nick Pavetta, but what I realized they don't have a third pitch. They need every every pitcher to reach their level of talent. Needs a third pitch. I like that. You saw Patrick Corbin this year. Anyway, um, okay, so I think. I think Velasquez is, and I think Eflin's going to mold into like a Brad Peacock kind of role. Ooh, I could see that, especially with the increased velocity we right. saw this year. He could be that guy. Yeah, like the long man, and they go get a legitimate starting pitcher. I think like if he- I had to bet, that's the way I would bet too. I think Pavetta and Velasquez more likely than Eflin to be in the rotation. Well, I just think I think they're going to start morphing Eflin into like a, a, a long reliever kind of guy. And they're gonna get a fifth starter from somewhere else. I Pretty would sure think. that that the Angels will take him straight up from Mike Trout. I heard. So. Right. But the Phillies don't want to do that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so if you bend our if you bend our arms. Straight up for Manny Machado. Oh my God. Yeah, it was like at the time. I understand because he has six years of of service time left. Mm-hmm. But it's Manny Machado. Yeah, and it's Manny that guy. Like, let's just calm down for Mm-mm. a second, there, buddy. Mm-mm. All right, uh, Jack. Oh, I'm looking at this, by the way. We'll get to this coming up, too. Yes, of course. Astro Ball. We'll we'll do a little High Hopes book review. Okay. On the High Hopes podcast. Totally down. I'm excited about that. All right, before we get to all the fun stuff, coming up, we have three against the Nationals starting tonight. Three against uh, the Mets and the Marlins, or the Marlins and the Mets. It's nine games Marlins are next weekend, so. Okay, so then the Mets this weekend, then the Marlins. They have nine. Or this weekend. So then it's the Marlins this weekend, then the Mets after that. Yeah. Nine straight games at home. And then it's that 11-game gauntlet with the, you know, three or four in Atlanta, four in Colorado, three in Atlanta. We all know they have to win whatever. At this point, they have to win like six out of seven against Atlanta or whatever. But we all know that those 11 games will make or break them. But in reality, these nine home games are going to make or break them because you need to be in a position going into that last stretch to even for it to matter. Yeah, well, especially because there's been something so good at home. And their home team. Exactly. But again, they can't win series, especially against bad teams, Jack. What are you looking for here? What What... What should we as Phillies fans be looking for over this nine-game stretch? How many do they need to win? Can they do what they need to do? Where's your head at? My head is at I want to see how they react to being in the situation. Like I, I don't understand how if you lose that series in New York, there's no one there, um, and you you don't capitalize on some of the Braves' falters. Like this is I, I'm really curious to see if they have a sense of urgency tonight. And if they, and not tonight, but the, in this home series, and starting tonight, tonight yeah. starts tonight with Eric Fetty, who's all over the place. I, they use their guy for a little bit. You're I know in, I like Eric Fetty. I, I think he's you a, did. I think You're he's in, in Eric Fetty. No, I like Eric Fetty. But I'm, still, but he's a Arietta should you should have the advantage on the hill tonight. Wait, well, I think it's like the fourth time we said this. Arietta needs to earn I, that money I've, tonight. I've said it 500 times this year. I go to, I feel, I go to sleep saying I feel like every time the guy takes <laughs> I'm like, this is what they paid Jake Arietta for. I know. Uh, well, that worked out. I know. So, um, I, I even if they don't make the playoffs, right? I probably st- when they don't make probably when they don't make. Th- I want to see them finish out the year strong. Show me there's something to be excited for looking into next year. Show me you can bounce back from a tough month. Like they had a tough month at just about the worst time you could have a tough month. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's no, not just about it. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's the, the worst, worst time. The worst time to possibly have a have a rough stretch. Um, I want to see them bounce back from that. I want to see them finish the year strong. If they lose on the division by like two games, three games, and they're fighting down the end, and you saw a, a sense of listen, nut up or shut up time. Yes, and, and and I see that I'm 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 content. But if you just end the season and it's just dog crap and just boring, terrible baseball, it's it's unacceptable. Yeah, and it would be a real bummer 
uh, from multiple angles. I think first and foremost, like you kind of hit on there, that it would just be really good for this team to get those kind of reps. We talked about this a lot. Hopefully I think, with the young guys. I think it matters. I think it matters whether even for the guys who are definitely going to play, the Reese Hoskins of the world, the you know, Alfaro will be playing, guys who young guys who will get reps, and King will play like those guys will get reps, and these pitchers, like you mentioned, the young pitchers to pit even Aaron Nola's never pitched in games right. like that before. I think all that matters. But And to learn how to pitch this late into the season. Yes, yeah, it matters to, to maybe your arm, your, not maybe, your arm doesn't feel fresh. Yep. You're, you're worn down. You need to learn how to get guys out. And hopefully Arietta's been teaching them. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. What's I'm interesting, though. I'm not you, putting anything on Arietta anymore. <laughs> what's, what's, what's so interesting is that they've been, they, they brought back Brad Lidge to help, and mm-hmm. they brought back Jimmy Rollins down in Miami. I love it. And it's it's smart. Get the winners in there. It's smart. So it's interesting. It's There's a lot to watch towards the end of the season. If they, if they just, like, well, you that's know, crawl right. to the that's finish the line. problem, right? And and I think that it's a bigger problem in the sense that I think right now, if the season ended today, and granted, the last month and a half has sucked, and it's been very disappointing, but I think the vast majority of real Phillies fans, not the people who just want to hate on Gabe Kapler or whatever, but I think the vast majority of real Phillies fans, when you could step back from this season, step back from the last month and a half, step back from the why can't they beat the freaking Mets of it all, <laughs> I think you will step back and say, hey, this is a real step forward for this franchise. Like, this season is a positive. They have so much young talent moving into the future. They have all the money in the world. You should, maybe everyone doesn't, but you should feel good about the infrastructure here, the general manager, the coach, all that type of stuff. All that, I feel like you. Sh- we should all feel very positive about this team heading into next season. But like you said, if they just continue this string of losing two or three, losing three or three, crapping the bed when it matters most... I don't know if people are going to be able to step back and have that same type of feeling. But I also think at the same time, they've created a lot of questions about the future of the team. Like, how many real blue chippers do the Phillies have right now? Yeah. I mean, I mean there's Hoskins. Hoskins but, and Nola. But Hoskins, Hoskins is the streakiest player in baseball. Yeah, I think that ultimately, look, again, 24, 25 years old, played 170 games, 180 games, whatever, in his career. And what you see is really good, 185, 190, whatever it is. Um I think you could say, mate, Hoskins, you're right. He's not a no doubt about it, lock it in blue chipper, but I think. Well, he's pretty close. I think he will be, is my point. I think from an offensive perspective, at least, he will be a blue chip player. Yeah, I think he's great. I think and Hoskins. Noel is a clear blue right, chip. Right. I don't have questions about those guys, but there is rising questions about Scott Kingery, about Jorge Alfaro, sure. um, Roman Quinn, if he can stay healthy, a doable. Nick Williams. I mean, we're, a, we're a very pro doable podcast, yes. but pro, he's been terrible. He's been awful. For about two months now. Yeah. And he's, it's. We keep waiting for the Odubel Herrera hot trick. And that real issue with Odubel, and we've talked about this a lot. Not that I mean, it's all an issue, but the fact that he's playing bad defense now. You know, you well, he's been count- better the last like two weeks, right? But I'm talking about on the season as a whole. I mean, he was a good defensive outfielder, and he hasn't looked like that. Well, because Reese Hoskins in left field, which you know doesn't doesn't ex- help. <laughs> yeah, it makes him look worse. It's a fair point. And Nick Williams in right field for most yeah, of the season, not great. so that doesn't help. So they are as bad a defensive baseball team as I, I can't. They're the worst defensive baseball team I've ever seen. My life. I, but as, and and <laughs> by far, no question, the worst defensive baseball team for a team that was competitive I've ever seen. It's not even close. Yeah, and they were they uh, would have been the first team. Well, then obviously, the season's not over. But if they make the playoffs, they're the first team in MLB history to have a batting average below 237 make the playoffs. I mean, again, <laughs> it goes back to the whole how are they even competing to begin with of it all? Right. You know, it really does. You look at all the numbers, all the advanced analytics, everything, offensive, defensive. I mean, this team should stink. <laughs> they should They should stink. They should stink. And uh, unfortunately, the reader, it's ugly, ugly head recently. Yes. Um, but there's just there's legitimate questions about the upside of the future of this team. 
I think there is. Like, I think Alfaro's me good. I think he's I mean his last his last twenty games he's batting two seventy with a three fifty one OBP and two homers, still striking out a ton, but there's legitimate signs there. Um Nick Williams had a really positive season. Wh- where are you at with John Maley? It's a great question. Who the hell's gotten better under John Maley? Nobody. Every, Not a single guy. Every I, single player's gotten worse. Think about it. As great as Rick Kranitz has been, and as much praise as we heaped, deservedly so on Rick Kranitz, you're right. We have not done a good enough job of calling out John Maley because he hasn't done a very good job. For those who don't know, the hitting coach. For the, the only Miami player players, that, that's had a really, two players, positive season, have been Franco and Nick Williams. Yep. But everyone, like, Altair. And even then, Williams has, has regressed lately. He's I mean, been, like, I, there's the injury, but he doesn't yeah, look the same. He doesn't has, look the same. He's not squaring up as many balls as he was. I mean, a doable major step back. Um, Hoskins, I think. I think no, At hit, best lateral. A hitting coach, best. A hitting coach won't, really, won't really affect Hoskins. Um, Santana, he's his own hitting coach. Yeah, Santana I'm not worried about. He's been much better recently. But for the most part of the season, he's been bad. Cesar, step back, hitting-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, been hot recently. Um, Kingery. Mostly bad, but even like the guys that have brought in, like as Drupal. It's bad. a great point. And well, I, 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 and I don't know how much Maley has to do with the vets who come in and do their thing, but regardless, I think on on the whole, it's been bad. It has been bad, and he's been. They've two two teams that have been ascending in their World Series run have gotten rid of him. I mean, the, the it's Ast- a good point. The actually, Astros, I didn't think about that. The Astros got rid of him. Uh, read that. Oh, him and yeah. JD Martinez. Like he was the first one that who to his credit, he was the first one that was like JD, like you're just not very good. Like you need to go and, and figure it all out because you have a terrible swing. Um And he did. And he did. He figured Worked it out. out. And then they got rid of him. <laughs> After he came back and was like, guys, I swear I'm good. <laughs> he literally he, so I was reading the I was reading Astro Ball. He goes into the office of uh Jeff Luno and he's like, I went to Mexico. I, I figured out everything. Like I'm this is my year. And he didn't he barely played in spring training. They got rid of him. They released him goes to the Tigers and just starts raking in spring training. And he just turns – they're playing against the Astros. He turns, finds Jeff Luno, and gives him, like, a little wink. Nice. And then Good J.D. Job, Martinez JD. turned into J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Um, so, Maley, there's a little thing there. But other than that, like, the Cubs moved on from him. The Cubs had a really frustrating offense, I thought, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now look at them. I mean, Javi's an MVP candidate. Yeah. Like it's a, a really fair point. It's it, interesting. It I'm is not, interesting. I'm not completely You're out. not condemning him yet, but – there's, looking great. there's legitimate concern there, and I, I, I don't, I'm not going to blame it on launch angle. Like I just, I don't. What? Think. How much of it do you blame on the over organizational approach as a whole? We've talked about this a lot this season, but the whole, you know, waiting deep in counts, walking, and not really necessarily if you see a good pitch early in a bat, don't go get it. All that type of stuff. Well, they preach that they're selectively aggressive, which I think is a great um, approach. You know, then you're looking for a pitch you can drive. But they, they haven't exempt like one out of every five games they exemplified that. And they seem to only do it against pitchers that are really good. Like Noah Syndergaard, they own Noah Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. They own they don't own Max Scherzer, but they've beaten Scherzer twice. Like they 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 ri- again, they rise up to where they need to rise up and they falter against dog crap pitchers. It's crazy, right? And th- and I think it makes it more frustrating because I feel like fr- we should just label the title of the show should just be frustrating because we've said it a hundred times. But that's why it's more frustrating because you know they have it in them. You know, you could see the way they play against the Red Sox. You could see the way they play against Scherzer. You can go like, oh, where? why isn't that team coming out every night? Well, the Philly-style offense, it has worked. Like they, they, it, When when they are completely focused and dialed in and are playing Philly-style offense, which is working the counts, getting on base. Um, waiting for big innings. Waiting and, for big innings. Yeah. The, 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 the bad part is that they get, get guys on base and then they can't bring them home, mm-hmm. um, which has been another frustrating part of this entire entire season they need a guy that can drive those runs home yeah they need bryce harper they need mike trout they need manny machado they need one of those guys like they do it's like you talked about with the blue chippers and all that 
I think the 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 skeleton of this team that is here now, when you think about the guys and the potential look, not everyone's going to hit the minors. We all know that, but I think they have enough depth of talent there that they will have some hits. Yeah, but they have be... a bunch of depth, but they don't have the, the the top guys. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they'll have guys who will help be part of the major league roster. I'm saying they need those top guys. They and I think they're going to. I think whether it's Harper Machado. Trout, like one of those guys, is gonna be here. I really feel confidently about. They that. better because I like I've suppressed this for long enough to where like I, I don't I try not to think about it because once I start thinking about them possibly striking out on Machado yeah. or Harper, uh, no, I go nervous. into like a really dark place. Like I, it, so, look, I think I've I've long thought that Mike Trout will be here one way or another. Yeah, so do I. I still believe that. You think this is the offseason they're gonna trade him? It might be, man. Look, that Otani injury matters. The fact that if he gets surgery, he's out till twenty. 19. Yeah. And think about think about that that division they're in. I mean, the Astros aren't going anywhere. Nope. And the A's aren't well, unless they <laughs> trade. Who knows with the A's? But the A's no 30 idea. games over 500. The the Mariners are a better team than you are. And then you look at the rest of the American League, the Yankees aren't going anywhere, the Red Sox aren't going anywhere, the Indians aren't going over the next couple years, but you know, whatever. You see it coming. You see it coming. Not when you could sort it they'll win that division again next year. That division's dog crap, all that stuff. But I think that uh, I think the Angels, if they, and again, who knows? They're the Angels. They've been run poorly for a while. But if the Angels step back and look at the situation, I think they're going to trade Mike Trout this offseason. And especially if they go to him and, and say, hey, we want to sign well, you Well, that's up. what they'll do. They'll say, Mike, here's a record-breaking contract. Will you sign it? And if he says no, they'll trade him. If he says yes, they'll keep him. Because it's it's there's such a big difference in the package you get for two years left on a contract it's rather than day. one. Night and day. Right, so. I mean, like that, let's put it this way. If they trade Mike Trout this offseason— who knows about Will? It should be the richest package ever returned for a major league baseball. Yeah, not even, it won't even be close. Like, it, it has to be. And if you're looking for a prime example of what not to do, it's what the Orioles did. Yep. Which hold on to wait until the last possible second. The trading guy and you they, know is not. And coming they back. still did a. I mean, they still got a nice player for him. Like I'm surprised with what they got for Me him. Me too, because they got lucky. There were enough teams competing who wanted his services that they were able to drive it up. But this offseason, if they trade Trout. And that's the interesting thing is the Phillies are maybe one of five teams in baseball who have the depth, the salary room, everything they want to do to just do that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it feels like Middleton would just be like, just do it. Whatever. Oh, is there Whatever it takes. So is Nola completely off limits for you? Yeah. Hoskins? No. And that's it? Aaron Nola is the only player on this in this organization who I would not trade for. And Nick Favetta. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't think they trade Reese. I don't think that's part of it. I think Reese. You know, I don't obviously. think. I honestly, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure they'd have to give up everything. No, I think it's look a package. Stars don't get traded no, for everything. No. It's just not how it's it not works. What, look, Sixto and you, you have, it, it'll be more the type of you. I don't think it'll be major league guys as much. Maybe one or two. I think, I think Azuba will be in it. I think it's that type of guy, but I think it's more like your top five prospects. So, <laughs> it's like Sixto Medina, like. You know, bomb, like whoever people feel like the Angels have to, you know, see who they like the most. But I think you're willing to give up your top four or five prospects. For I would start the deal with Adubel and Cesar just to create some space for us. Like, I think Kangaroo should be our second baseman next mm-hmm. year. Oh, that's another thing. Cesar next year. Like, yeah, I, I kind of we talked a lot about this early in the season when Cesar was playing so well. And he's been playing better the last like yeah, four games. I'm with you. I'm fine to move on. I think it's time. This is the offseason move on from him. I'm I mean, it. it's too, it's, it's too, look, sep- what you hope is you hope he play continue, has a hot 20 games to end it out. And then, you know, the numbers look better and you move him. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's a good a, player. He's a, he's he has good, value. A good second baseman. But 
you you paid Scott Kinger that money to be your your second uh, well, baseman yeah. of the future. So I agree with you there. So I'm good. I think this is the last season of Cesar. Um, and like we, I mean, I talked to Franzen about it, and he thinks that if you put Kinger at second base, you're going to see a completely different player. Get the name drop, which I don't. Man. It was on the po- it was on our podcast, so it wasn't really I'm a kidding. name drop. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Helping our podcast grow. That's what, I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here. But if you put Kinger at second base, maybe you get him more comfortable. Um, Jack Fritz, friends with former major league baseball dude, players. It's like shocking. A good amount of friends. Look at baseball. you, this guy over here, Big Listen, t- Jackie Big well, Time. They know. They look at me. They say, "This guy played. This guy. <laughs> this guy. He played. He played." So I got a take, and oh, I'm ready for I've it. I've been given a lot of takes. All right, real quick, before we do it, real quick, nine games at home. How many do they have to win? Uh, seven. Seven is what I said. How many do you think they win? <laughs> five. Yeah, I think five too. I think they win a series, but yeah, I'm with you. Okay, take take away. So I got a take, and I've been squatting on this one. For about 24 hours. Jack texted me uh, yesterday and this morning with just, I've got to take. I've got to take. Um, I think John Middleton deserves a lot of blame for how this season went down. Whoa. So Hold up. That's a take. That's a take. I'm intrigued. Lay it's it a, on me. It's a take. He, he I, I, I like Matt Klentzak, and I think Klentzak had a different view of how he wanted the season to go. I think what Klentzak wanted to do was play all the young guys and see how it went down. And at the, at the deadline, bring in a guy that can then help the team a little bit. But what they did was they brought in all these old guys who I can just see Middleton just going to Klentzak and being like, we need this, we need that, we need this. And I think he got too involved. Wow. I think John Middleton, and I like mostly like involved owners. Oh, see, I hate involved owners, but go ahead. Well, we saw Jeff Lurie worked out. I'm worried that he got too involved and it clouded the judgment on this season. Hmm. And I just didn't, I, I don't know why Jose Bautista is here. I don't know why he's here. I don't know why Justin Bohr is here. I, I, I understand as Drupal for, for if he can play short and he can play third base and can play second base whenever he wants to plant or not, but he should not be playing every freaking day. I just, I just want to see. I want to, I want to see who the keepers are here. Mm-hmm. And I think John Middleton got so obsessed with, with making the playoffs, and you just got to be the one seed, or you, you got to win the division, you got to get in the playoffs so we can sell more tickets. That it just, it clouded his judgment of where this team was, and it, it's made this even more frustrating because you're watching old guys who probably shouldn't be here um, down the stretch instead mm-hmm. of seeing if your young talent has something there. I like that take. Look, uh, it's always good when you can come with a hot-ish take that can never be proved wrong. I think it's a really good you know, take, hill to, take to be on, as it were. <laughs> Very good work right there. And I, we'll never know, but I, I could but, I could see it. Sure. But look at their moves. Yeah, All their moves are that of a team that rushed into it. Mm-hmm. And they tried to get their cake and eat it too. And they, for the most part, did. But I just... But now they're throwing up because of it. Yeah, well, it's just... Too much cake, Jack. It's too much Bautista. It really comes <laughs> down to Bautista. And I like the Wilson Ramos edition. I really do. I think he's awesome. But how far is hitting well? And Wilson Ramos won't be here next year. Probably not. Probably not. Unlikely. Unlikely he'll be here. Although I wouldn't hate it if they brought him back. I, if I, a nice one-year deal, boom. Bring it. So I just think Middleton pushed all the chips in on a team that hmm. you didn't see. Well, all the chips is not fair. I mean, they didn't push all the chips. They gave up Franklin, Kilome, and no, they Cash. Clentzak did a really good job, really of, good job of not giving up anything Agreed. for these players. But I think he got so punch drunk that he's like, well, if I can not get, I'll, I'll just take Bautista. Get Bautista for free? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the just, Will Ponds will take a quarter for him. Let's dude, do it. Oh, hold on. Ooh, hold I on. Just, I just, yeah, I just. This I, is what <laughs> I, I, wanted to, I was thinking about this on Saturday. You got another take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Dude, like. I know this is a Phillies podcast, 
But can we talk about the Mets are doing to David Wright? <laughs> yes, we totally can. So this is like Chase Sutley. I know. This would be like Chase Sutley coming yes. back from like career-threatening injuries. Yes, literally. And, that we, he is their Chase Utley. And, minus, and, you know, winning us a World Series. And the Mets just being like, we don't feel like paying. Or the Phillies just being like, we don't feel like paying you, Chase Utley. So you're just going to sit on the bench. Dude, there are people at City Field with free David Wright signs. The guy was your, the face of your franchise. He wants to come back and play for the Mets. Yeah, for a team that's done. And because of cash, that, thank God, like Middleton, you know, you might have ripped him a little bit there. We're very happy to have John Middleton. I, and let me just say, I like John Middleton. Yes. I think he's going to be really, this offseason is very important for Middleton. Huge. And look, um, he's going to open it up. He's going to, I have no confidence. I, I, no, I don't have no any any fear of that. Yeah. It's just that this season, I thought he missed. And I think that's a potential, I mean, we don't know the answer, but I think if that were the case, I would agree with you that I think that was a mistake on his part. Right. But the Mets. Mets, man. Can you imagine having the Will Ponds as your owner? Hey, maybe don't give Bernie Madoff all your money. Hey, maybe don't be best friends with Bud Selig. Yeah, like, that the, too. The Will Ponds, the, the, having a top, having the best baseball market in the city. It's a, it's a travesty for baseball. I, I love seeing the Mets suck. In the country. There is nothing, yeah, and for, for the world, It's really. the best baseball market in the, in the world. Yes. And it has the cheapest owner in sports. By far. And an owner who is like... I don't even know if viable like to spend money if he wants to. He lost it all. Like terrible I, for baseball. Oh, it is so bad. But I love it because screw the Mets. But I'm with you. It is bad for baseball. Just like, like you know, like I hate the Knicks, but I obviously think if the Knicks are good, it's better for the NBA and it's yeah. fun and all that. Same type of thing here. I agree. And um, low key, very concerned about the future of like Wheeler. Degrom and Syndergaard if they keep it together. Yeah, I agree with you. Wheeler's taking a huge step forward. Yeah, but that's not, we're not a Mets podcast. We're not a Mets so. podcast. Speaking of which, we're not an Astros podcast either. But Astro Ball by Ben Ryder. You actually read a book. I'm I did. I wrote. I read 220 pages in my flight home. Look at you. Yeah, I got it. I I went into work real quick. Like yeah, I was. Good. I read the whole thing. It was crazy. Very proud of you. I haven't like read a book like I, it's an entirety. That's why I said you read a book. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. I usually make it like three ways, three quarters of the way through a book, and then I stop. I'm um, a big book guy. I know you are. That's why I brought yeah. Astro Ball. For I'm you reading read. a book that's 400 pa- 1,400 pages right now. Why? Because I've never read a Stephen King book before, and people said I should read The Stand, so I'm reading The Stand. Sounds miserable. Super long, man. <laughs> this freaking thick. But anyway. Astro Ball is a is a is a really interesting, really interesting the way that they they built it, um, built up the Astros, um, and they they talk about all their. They got lucky. They got really lucky. It takes some luck. They got really lucky, and they 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 were trying to trade Dallas Keuchel. They didn't want Dallas Keuchel. He turned into an, a, a, a Cy Young, Cy Young guy. Uh, Jose Altuve. They he came to the first Astros tryout. They said we don't want you. Yeah, you're five five. Get out. Yeah, of here. he came back the next day and they're like, all right, fine. Like we'll t- <laughs> we'll bring you on. <laughs> it's amazing. And 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 they they got lucky throughout the way. They also they also messed up a lot. Like they took Brady Aiken, terrible pick. Yep. But they made up for that by taking Bregman the year after, so it was fine. Yep. And took Mark Appel. Mark Appel over Chris Bryant. Like, imagine if that team, <laughs> team had Chris Bryant. You can't imagine. It's so insane to think about. Like, they could have Chris Bryant. I know, but... And they it, made some good moves. Like, Correa was not projected to be the number one pick the year that they took him. They they jumped him up a bit, mostly because he was cheaper, was what everyone Right, they went said. under but, slot. But it worked out. Because they got McCullers, McCullers later in the later. draft. Yep. Um, and the one thing in reading Astro Ball, and I read the Cubs way, is that they had legitimate high upside talent guys. And when I step back and look at the Phillies, it's like Nola that they, they thought Nola was going to be a three, by the way, just like Pete McKenna, just like everyone, just like everyone did. Um, And when I look at the Phillies, I think Hoskins is a potential blue chipper. I think Nola is, but the, the hitting upside, it's not of the young cores of the Astros or the Cubs. I agree. And they both, but they, but they both kind of went through the same kind of process, which makes it even 
more frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like they both went to this, they both effectively tanked to to get higher picks. But the Phillies, Moniac, tell you what, great end of the season. Ooh, Moni. Mickey Moniac, girl. Oh man, so coming. I, I would give up so much just to have Harry Callis. Mick, Mickey Moniac. Moniac. Amazing. Uh, great end of the season, but like Nick Sensel's amazing. I would have, I would have very much liked Nick Sensel. Yeah, Nick Sensel will be in the major league. I mean, already has been. He should but be. He will. Yeah, well, he got, got hurt, but he exactly. got injured. And he will be a major league a, a contributor before Mickey Moniac. Right, right, right. And Jason Groom looks. I mean, he had Tommy John, but he looked very good before that. There, there are other guys you could have taken who they've just kind of like they could be good. They've kind of just been meh at the top of drafts. Yeah, and. In order for a team to reach its its peak, it needs to hit on those kind of guys. I think that's fair, and I love the Og Bomb pick. I think that was a great pick. Things to be really good. Uh, uh, Cornelius Randolph starting to not suck a little bit too. No, not in. Done. Yeah, that's a shame. Hazley's no, good. Hazley's good. Hazley's but, good. But but you're right. Look, I think if you look at this Phillies franchise and say their biggest worry is they don't have those top 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 tier guys, I think it's a fair takeaway, and I think that's why they're going to be so invested in Harper Trout. Oh, they, and they, they, listen, getting one of those guys is. Is this, paramount. It's, it's, it's everything. It's imperative. If, yeah. you, if you are serious about winning a World Series in the next like three years, four I agree years, with you, Jackie. You need one of those guys. Costa Rica. Costa Rica was great. Was it fun? It was Look great. At you. Jack's married. I'm married now. He cried uh, during the ceremony. In case you haven't, you heard. T- you cried during my <laughs> vows. You keep bringing this. You've you've literally told everyone that I've cried, <laughs> and I said, yeah. Well, guess what? He cried when I read my vows. Yeah. So yeah, I was in tears. You, you always bawling. Leave, you leave that one out. Bawling. Um. Yeah. It was nice. They were nice vows. They're good vows. Yeah. Or I worked the Philly. They were good vows. I worked the Phillies into my best. Well, it was funny because before it, Fritz was like, oh, it's going to be funny. I threw some, some. No, 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 no. I threw a joke or two in there. Yeah, I made it, no I jokes. made it lighthearted and I finished it with savvy stuff. Yeah. You were, you were, you were emotional. Of course I was emotional. <laughs> anyway, I love it. I love anyway, it. So, it's a compliment to you. I don't, I don't, I don't see I the, I don't see the compliment. <laughs> I really don't. Um, so I went to Costa Rica and I watched Nola versus Scherzer because I wasn't going to miss that. Of course. Come on. You think I'm going to miss that? Ah, and uh, I told my wife I was watching a Phillies game on her honeymoon. <laughs> I don't even know. It was great. I was yeah. so happy. Feels very cool. Um, And then the last day, or last day, I had a, a first allergic tree. It wasn't even a reaction. Oh, I had yeah, some, I forgot about this. I had some tuna, and I think they mishandled the tuna. And all of a sudden, I had hives, and my neck was on fire, and I was like, Doing all the nasty stuff. Not great. Not great. And then I called a Costa Rican doctor, and they came in 15 minutes to my hotel room, and it was like, hey, so either a shot in your butt, or you're going to be fine, or do you want an IV? So I gave the guy 80 bucks in cash, and I got an IV. And I you was good in like shot a shot in the butt? I did not take the shot in the butt uh, for 50 bucks. I paid an extra $30 for the IV. Ah, uh, it's good. Look at so you. I did that, and it was really, listen, thinking back, looking back on it, the Costa Rican doctor comes in, another guy who doesn't speak English. So that was, like, I was just not ready for that. Uh-huh. And he is, you know, whatever. And then he asked Jill, he's like, hey, can I go on the, the balcony and take some pictures real quick? And he's on Instagram and his, 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 uh, his, uh, flashlight is his phone flashlight when he's trying to find my vein to put the IV in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, looking back, I didn't really have a choice. Did I, he make you better, Jack? He made me better. Uh, well, that's all that matters, but, right? If I was taking a holistic look at myself, probably a bad decision. All right, what is the <laughs> and we'll get out of here, but what is the what is the number one way you are different now? You're married that you were not before the last time you spoke to our fine, wonderful, beautiful listeners. Well, I am uh, by myself a lot during the day now, so I just watch. Like today, I was watching both the Chiefs uh, Chargers game and the uh, 
uh, Vikings 49ers game. So basically, I'm watching a lot more. I'm reading a lot more. I'm listening to podcasts a lot more. So if you thought <laughs> get married, if you feel like watching more TV, well, <laughs> it's just that it's just now I have more free time to just like, oh, because of the wedding is a, so you took that as a not planning the wedding. What about being married? Do you feel different, Jack? No, it's, it's much more fun. Like it's like we have, we have a fun. You know, thing going on. So You're it's like, like, hey, hey, wifey. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Say, hey, husband. Yeah, she makes healthy stuff. food now. Like it's scary. Like we went to the we went to the to the uh, supermarket, and I was looking at all the stuff she was getting, and it was all just like organic, like gluten free, not cool. And I was just like, this is my life. No. this is my life. But I can't complain because I don't cook. So Look at that. I just eat whatever's put in front. I of can't me. tell if that was an endorsement for marriage or not. I enjoy it. I <laughs> I like I like being able to consume more sports. All right, Phillies win seven and nine. We'll be back somewhere in the middle of that. We'll talk this week uh, later this week. Yeah, I guess later this week. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, uh, go Phillies. Stop sucking. <laughs> Please stop sucking. We have high hopes for our own sanity. Talk to you guys later.